And I had a lot of people like assume I was on OnlyFans and this stuff and all of that. And I was just like, okay, I can't be, I need to stop. <laughs> Not being bothered by things that used to destroy you is a very powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. What used to destroy you? I used to be at war with a lot of things. My eating disorder started in high school. Me and my friend at the time used to weigh each other on the scale. I will never own a scale again in my life. Wow. This is seven years old. They were comparing their stomachs to me. It was bad. I was drinking a lot. I'd pick my son up from school and drink too much. I actually went to an AA meeting one night. How did you hide it from your husband? I don't know. <laughs> Once I came out on the internet about it, so many girls reached out to me and said that I'm like saving them. Did you ever go to therapy? I did for a little bit, but it was not helpful at all. He just said, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> I know. After everything I've been through in these last year or two, I've just learned to like be my authentic self. Once you start to feel good and take care of yourself, it's a whole different story. It's like you don't want to go back to that ever again. Today's episode is an emotional one. My guest is Rachel, a 28-year-old single mother of two small children whom I met at the gym here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Rachel has been through uh, a lot in her short life, and I must warn you, Rachel will talk about some sensitive things on today's show, like her battles with an eating disorder, alcoholism, a marriage gone wrong, and I'm afraid that is only the beginning of it. The following conversation is the story of how Rachel took back control of her life, discovered her passion, and destroyed the very things that used to threaten to destroy her. If you're battling something right now, addiction, insecurity, body image issues, anything, I promise this conversation will help you come back home to yourself. Because of these sensitive subject matter, viewer and listener discretion is advised. Why is fitness important to you? Um, because it's my therapy. It makes me feel good. Um, since I got out of high school, I think, is when I signed up at Planet Fitness. And that was just the same thing every day I was doing. And it made me feel so good, though. Um, and once you start to see progress and feel progress, you just keep going. Um, but yeah, I found my way to Seacoast Kettlebell. And it's the community there is amazing. And the workouts never felt so like strong in my life. But What's your workout schedule in terms of you know, some people do, oh, I do leg days this day and I do arms on this and back on this day. Like, how do you divide it up? Well, with Seacoast Kettlebell, you really don't have to. I feel like every day they kind of hit <laughs> every piece of your body. So I I would like to go four days a week. It's hard with the kids, but I try to get up 6 a.m. if I can. I go to that. If not, 8.30. If not, they have another one at 11. So just makes you feel so good getting that done with for the day. And everyone in there is so nice, too. It's just such a good community. So as we're approaching the new year, mm -hmm. fitness is always something that tops the list for people. Yeah. Oh, I want to get, I want to lose some weight. I want to get a little bit mm -hmm. healthier, go to the gym more. What would you say to those people who are kind of hesitant to start working out or, or have been out of it for a while and want to get back into it? What would you say to them if you were to, to pitch exercise to them? Um, I would say to start slow, even just taking little walks after, before dinner will make your world difference. I think your diet has so much to do with it. Like having the wrong breakfast can ruin your motivation for the day. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, just take it slow. Find like Seacoast Kettlebell, a good community to go to that you feel welcome and they're not pressuring you and you're not being judged. So why do you think that people are hesitant to exercise so much? I mean, there's a lot of people out there who just, who just don't do it. And I, and I've always been there's so many benefits. You feel so good. Mm -hmm. Why, <laughs> why well, the hesitation? Yeah, I think it's a very thing. It's hard to start, especially if you didn't grow up watching, you know, your parents exercise or anyone around you 
or if you, you know, out of shape, it doesn't feel good to get back into exercising. Um, but once you start seeing results, that's all it takes. You just, it's all about consistency. You just need to stay consistent with it. An excuse that people make a lot of time is, oh, I, I don't have the time yes. to do it. My just overall theory in life is you have the time for mm-hmm. what you really want to do. Absolutely. What would you suggest people do who say they, they don't have time to work out? Um, uh, go over your day, see what you're doing throughout your day. I would go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. you know, try to wake up a little earlier be consistent about that. Eventually, it's going to be easy. Um, just make yourself a routine, you know? Yeah. And also just evaluate where I, I like to kind of look at a day. If there's something I want to add to my day, okay, well, what area am I spending a lot of time in? Mm-hmm. Can I cut back? Is it necessary for me to be spending that much time? Yes. In? I usually like reading is usually the thing that Mm -hmm. I struggle to get into my day. I love doing it. It just sometimes the the day gets away from me and and I'll go two weeks without reading and then I'll have to evaluate and say, okay, yeah. What did I do too much of uh, this week? Yeah. What, where can I cut back? And also like um, rearranging your day if you need to. Yeah. Like for me with kids, I can only go to the gym when they're not around. Mm-hmm. So I can like, what can I do? I can edit photos or read or do that stuff later on. Play with them outside, do that stuff. But, you know, make time when I have the time during the day. So are you an early to bed, early to rise kind of girl? I'm grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's the schedule? Um, I'm usually in bed. I'll like try to put my kids down for eight o'clock clock and I'm asleep shortly after the wow. around 8 30. So. I love that. Yeah. Do and people I'm, uh, tease you about that? Oh yeah. Everyone calls me a grandma. I feel good. So um but I always wake up by four to five AM every single day. Oh, and it feels that. good. I have my protein shake and coffee and breakfast and it gives me my only alone time yes. before the kids wake up. So yes. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I thought I was a grandpa. Yeah, I, I'm not quite as a, as yeah, a not as bad grandparent not as bad. you. I'm like a nine thirty to ten bed kind mm-hmm. of guy, five thirty ish. I think wake that's up average. Time. Yeah, yeah. Now I used to be. I wanted to see how far I could push it with waking up early, so I yep. used to do like the four fifteen to four forty five thing. And it gave me that alone time that you spoke about. However, I just found that as the day went on, I'm so tired because yeah. you're, you're now spending a couple hours in the morning mm-hmm. in the dark and yeah. your body's not supposed to operate like that. So did you <laughs> feel like, really, do you feel really kind of mentally? Cause I felt mentally not there later in, I in the I think I'm just a person with a lot of energy and it's like, I don't know, I get tired once the sun goes down at night. If I try to watch a movie <laughs> with someone, I'm out, like it doesn't work. So I think I just have enough energy throughout the day. Like, over the winter, I was hiking sunrises wow. in the winter, like the snow wow. up the mountain. It was a lot of fun. Um, but it just, it feels so good to get stuff done before eight o'clock, you know? No one else agrees with me on that, but... No, I agree, <laughs> I agree with you. I will side with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so what, it, what are you doing at 4 a.m.? You're having your coffee. What I usually have to catch up on like editing photography work. Wow, okay. So I'll usually just hammer out some sessions. I can get a lot done if I have an hour or two straight to myself. It's yes. the distractions. Yes. So The best part about that is because I like to... I either like to wake up and immediately work out at yeah. Seacoast Kettlebell or wake up and immediately, for me, it's writing. Writing is my yeah. creative thing. Mm-hmm. And I like to do it then because I know no one is going to distract me yes. in that time. I know there's no... Because as the day goes on, when you're, we're in working hours, you feel the pressure to be yeah. on and to respond to people and the emails and the text. But at 4.30 a.m., no, everyone is dead. Exactly. No one can bother you. It's amazing. Yeah. Don't have to respond to anyone. No one's expecting to hear from you that early. Well, they are from me now, but... So the thing that I've kind of been uh, tinkering with in my morning routine 
uh, recently is trying to, because I'm very hard on myself, and imagine you're a high performer, so probably the same way. You just want to be productive all the time. Mm-hmm. But trying to be productive all the time can be a bad thing. Oh, you yes. can reach a point where it's where it's not good for you. So I've been trying, trying to ease into the day more mm-hmm. and wake up and journal or just sit, like just yeah. sit in silence, <laughs> with, light my candles yes. and just sit in silence Force and think, but, but not immediately do. Yes. So I think the immediately doing when we kind of feel like we have to do all the time, especially yes. at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. that can kind of set you up for the entire day of feeling like I need to do, 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 check yes. the box. Absolutely. I definitely feel that. I feel like I'm always on the go. And if I do sit, I'm like, oh, I should probably just go do this or go shopping or something, you know? I think after being a mom, I do not take my time for granted at all. If I have like an hour or two to go run to the store, I can get like 10 things done. So I was looking through your Instagram earlier. Yep. And so on this podcast, we talk a lot about personal journeys and self-improvement and all that stuff. And so I was uh, perusing and you had some really inspirational posts and I'm dying to know more about this. So I have two quotes from your own posts. Okay. I'm going to read them both. You're going to pick one of them. Okay. And then we're going to get into it. Okay. Sounds good. <clears throat> First one. I needed to be reminded of how far I have come. Okay. Second one. Not being bothered by things that used to destroy you is a very powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. Choose one. I like the bottom one. Okay. Yes. What used to destroy you? Yes. Um, people's opinions. Um food literally I, th- mm. I used to be at war with a lot of things coming out of high school I was just so insecure and shy people used to call me mute in elementary and high school because I just wouldn't talk um, I can't see that. but then I got into the wrong relationship and it created this awful eating disorder I went through and then um dated the wrong people that like I would just revolve my world around them and like it's all codependency problem but um it all made me better in the long run. Like, you just have to grow from all this stuff, you know? It's all being aware of what's happening to you and why it's causing this stuff. When did you realize that you need to come to terms with all of these issues that you had? <clears throat> um, I think, honestly, after my second child and... It was it was a long a long journey. I mean, I got some jobs after high school bartending, which opened me up. Like I wasn't that shy anymore. I made friends, um, and then after all that, I had my daughter um, during COVID, and that was just like awful. I had um, anxiety. I was freaking out that something bad was going to happen to her. I was a stay-at-home mom when mentally I should not have been because I just cannot sit still. I cannot, (laughs) like, I love spending time with my kids, but it was just, it was not the, you know, lifestyle for me. So um, I was drinking a lot. I'd pick my son up from school and drink too much. Like, just the, like, I wasn't happy, you know. And one day I just, you know, I asked my ex-husband, I was like, this is not right. We are not happy, you know? And, um, he agreed and, um, I stopped drinking completely. I did a year, no alcohol. I, that's when it was so much clarity came to me when I did that. Um, I don't know. It's a lot to talk about cause it's so oh gosh, much yeah, happened. There's a lot to get yeah. into. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How hard was it for you to just stop cold Turkey like that drinking? It sounds weird. I, the whole process was hard for me. Um, it wasn't, I, it was like I got struck sober. I just, I, I realized what it was doing to me. I felt like between not eating enough and the alcohol and I just wanted to be a good mom and it felt like it was just taking over my life. So I actually went to an AA meeting one night to go like just hear people's stories. I don't think I needed it by any means. I just wanted to hear experiences and to see like 
what people said and it was really life-changing to hear everyone's stories. I never went back to one again after that, but it was a nice experience, you know? And after seeing that, it kind of freaks you out a little bit, you know? And then I, after like a week, I was going to Seacoast Kettlebell still dying there, but it made you feel so good. Um, You know, that gym, they all become a community and friends, so I was pretty open about everything with them. Um, And then, uh, I'm so sorry, I'm having a brain freeze right now. (laughs) Did you, did you, a lot of people who have alcohol issues or drug issues, they kind of have a a moment or like a rock bottom, a specific event. They hurt someone that they love. Yeah, they know, physically hurt themselves. Did you have anything like that? It wasn't like that at all. I think I was, just, well, I was hitting rock bottom between like eating disorder and that. I just, I didn't feel good. I had no energy. Like I'd go to the gym and I just, I didn't yeah. have, you know, energy to work out and feel the way I should be because I wasn't living the way I should be living, you know? So once I started taking care of myself, I don't know, it just, a lot of things changed between my marriage and you know, we just grew apart a little bit. Um, we have two beautiful kids together. I never regret anything, you know. But I just started doing these new things. I hiked with people that didn't drink. I found this whole new community of people that didn't drink. And I still hung out with people that did drink. And I'd go out and have waters with them. Like, it was fine. Um, so after a year, uh, I did all these new things. I went and got, like, my motorcycle license. I would wow. just book things, like, way ahead of myself just so I had something to look forward yep. to. And I kind of live by that now. Like, I always tell my friends, I'm like, let's book things for, like, three months yes. ahead. So we have to do it. Yes. Because <laughs> if we wait, life just gets too busy. And and you need to, when you ever have that fit of inspiration. Yes. To book that trip, that motorcycle license yes. thing, you need to capitalize exactly. on that. Like, book it right in, exactly. then in that moment. Because I would have canceled it yes. if they allowed me to, but they didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took my test in the pouring rain, but I got it. And it's just another accomplish- uh, sorry, accomplishment that, like, didn't even know that I needed or wanted, but once I did it, I felt so good about it. And yeah, I want to live like that. I want to keep trying new things all the time and living spontaneous and not caring what people think of you because that's such a waste of time. <laughs> Are you drinking now? I So after a year, I went to Florida with my friend and I, I told myself that's where I wanted to like try it again. I I don't know. It's not that I regret drinking again because I'm way more balanced now. I can literally just have like a drink on the weekends if I want, but... I do miss the way like feeling completely sober felt. So I might go back to that at some point. I know I can, you know, I have the self-control at this point too. <laughs> what did your eating disorder look like? Everyone has a different experience with that. Um, so my eating disorder started in high school. Um, me and my friend at the time used to weigh each other on the scale. I will never own a scale again in my life. Wow. And like it was bad every day, every meal we would just... I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> but um and we were completely different, you know, sizes and shapes and we weren't meant to be that little. But you know, my boyfriend at the time encouraged it pretty bad like he would get mad if I didn't eat a big pizza with him and stuff and I don't know. It, you can't heal from something like that while you're dealing with a certain environment and then not telling anyone and like everyone just complimenting you all the time like, "Wow, you look so good." And it's like, "I'm just going to keep doing it." Um, But I struggled from bulimia for a while. So I would eat and then, you know, I'd get sick after. It's obviously not comfortable to talk about, but it's way more common when I once Mm -hmm. I came out on the Internet about it. um, So many girls reached out to me and said that I'm like saving them and that I was helping them and they just need it feels so good that they're not alone. You know what I mean? And it's very sad. Even men like a lot of men struggle with it. Um, People just are so 
And it's not a lot of time. It's a mental thing, you know, it's just out of your control. It starts and it's a hard habit to get rid of. But um, once I hit rock bottom and with the drinking and that, it was just once you start to feel good and take care of yourself, it's a whole different story. It's like you don't want to go back to that ever again. But it's all about self-awareness and knowing how you feel. And like, I think anyone that drinks a lot probably knows they have a drinking problem and they just don't want to talk about it. And it's it's obviously embarrassing and it shouldn't be because so many people struggle with it. But every person I know who has struggled with an eating disorder has given the advice, throw away the scale. Yeah. Why do you think that's a good piece of advice? Because um, it is. It's addicting. You'll see your weight and your body's supposed to fluctuate. Your body's supposed to change. It's normal. You're supposed to get bigger during certain seasons. You're supposed to be hungrier during different seasons. You know what I mean? But um, a lot of people don't know that. So they freak out if they gain an extra five pounds and that will cause an eating disorder, you know? It's those little things. And it is, it's hard. Um, if you were fit before and like with me, like having two kids, it's hard to get back fit again and feel good about yourself and, and all that stuff. So it's just take it easy on yourself. That's That's all I've learned really is it's not worth it to hurt yourself, you know? Because in the long run, you're not going to be doing well, you know? You've got to take care of yourself. Can you point back to any kind of moments in your childhood that would explain why the, like, being really, really thin and, and having an eating disorder My appealed? weight fluctuated a lot as a child. I, I lived in Massachusetts with a few girls, and they were... Not the nicest girls. Um, they were also like, this is seven years old. They were comparing their stomachs to me. It was a busy wow. Massachusetts neighborhood and it was not a good place to grow up clearly. But um, yeah, it was bad. Um, I remember them sharing pants and make fun of me because I couldn't fit in it. Just like that was the very start of it at seven, which is so sad. It scares me for my children. So I'm like always complimenting my kids and making mm. sure they're like feeling their best selves and also just taking care of their health. Like my son loves to come and hike and go on runs and they have my energy. So Sometimes they'll bring them on my photo shoots with me on my back and they're just little cuddle bugs, but yeah. <laughs> Did you hide your eating disorder? Yes. I hit it for a long time. Um, I told my husband at the time about it probably three months before we decided to get a divorce and he was pretty upset about it. It felt like almost a lie at the time, I think. But for me, I just could not come open about it. Um, it was hard to open up about until, like I said, I felt like I was hitting rock bottom and I thought like, I thought I was on the verge of death at the time. Like it didn't feel good. I was just scared. I was having lots of nightmares, just scared. So I took some accountability and I told him and I told my mom and it took me a while to tell my dad cause I'm still his baby girl, <laughs> but, but it just, they all care. So it was just like, it hurt them if anything, but yeah. How did you hide it from your husband? You guys lived I don't together, know. That's I what I mean. It, I just it went on for so long. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and at this, he, I mean. He never suspected it? I think um, he said that he had a little bit of an idea at the time. And I was like, I wish you would have said something, <laughs> you know, but I have no one to blame. You know, you can't blame anyone. It was, I wasn't going to stop until I was ready to stop, I don't think, at the time. So it's an awful thing to go through and deal with. But like, once you realize, and I actually, so the biggest thing that changed, I don't know why I didn't bring this up yet, that changed my mindset and everything is I started listening to podcasts and I listened to Case Kenny. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but have, yeah. 
changed my entire mindset. Like I went back, listened to his first episode and you know, my ex-husband thought I was crazy. He's like, what are you listening to? Why are you talking like no, this? Always listen I was to like, podcasts. I want to improve my life and he's so inspiring. I'm like, you should listen to it. <laughs> um, but no, he didn't want to, but like I haven't stopped every, I think it's every Tuesday and Thursday he brings out new podcasts and I, they just motivate me so much. Um, and it's all about just being like true with yourself and you know, thinking in different perspectives, being weird, <laughs> loving yourself, all that stuff. So listening to other people's journeys and even with the eating disorder thing, I would listen to people with like eating disorders explain or um, just talk about how like nutritious food is and how it's fuel. It's not your enemy. It's always fuel. You know, mm -hmm. you need it. So what is your relationship with food like now? Um, I still eat a lot of it. Like I said, I have my berries every morning. I swear it keeps me from getting sick though. So that's why I do it every morning, my yogurt and berries and I never get sick. <laughs> Maybe antioxidants. Yes, exactly. Um, but besides that, I try a lot of new things. Um, and yeah, I just know my limits now. And also like certain foods used to trigger me. Like I could not have soup for a long time because it would just fill me up so much. And it's my body was just healing from it. Um, now I eat pretty much anything. I just try to, I know my limits now. I know my triggers, like anything in life, you have to learn your triggers and you need to stay away from them <laughs> as far as jobs, people, food, all of that. So did you ever go to therapy? I did for a little bit, but it was not helpful at all. He just said, wow, that's a lot. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I stopped going to that. And that's when I just started like binging the, um, podcasts and they helped tremendously free therapy yeah exactly like it really is yes exactly <laughs> uh well thank you for um for sharing that now yeah. you said uh you referenced your your ex-husband several times yeah do you mind me asking what happened um i think just got busy so we were dating for about a year i got pregnant I begged him to marry me. <laughs> like, it, you know, it was all just rushed. In my head, I was like, I got pregnant. We need to get married now. You know, young love, whatever. I was only 23 when I got pregnant. Um, my family was in pretty bad shape during the time I got married. I didn't have my best friend at the time. It was kind of a mess. Like, it was kind of like life telling me not to do it, but I went through mm -hmm. and did it anyway. Um, but then, you know, we had two beautiful kids together. But after COVID and all of that, the amount of stress it brought us and just... I don't know. Um, I obviously never thought I would get divorced, but once I stopped drinking and I had that much clarity, I just literally could not stay. I was like, for the both of us, we need to, we need to split up or at least try. Like we did try hard for a few months, but even a year before we decided to separate, we we're still kind of not close, even nearly as close as we used to be or should be, you know, it was just taking a huge toll on us both. And he was working his life away and I don't know, wasn't healthy. You said something there that I'm interested in. Um, I think we do this a lot with relationships or jobs or uh, for me, I like move around all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we have this internal voice that says, you know, this isn't going to work, right? Yes. You know, this isn't a good idea and you shouldn't do this, but yeah. we do it anyway because mm -hmm. we, we want it to yes. work, even though we know it's not going to. Why do we do that? I, I think it's always, you know, you have this idea in your head that it can be a certain way or you have, you know, that potential, but you really cannot live like that. Um, and I think there's a lot, a lot of things that he didn't like about me. And I think he had that feeling in his head that like this, it's not going to work. But by the time you have two children together, you build this life together, 
And, it, you know, back in the old days, you're not allowed to get a divorce. You stay together regardless <laughs> and you work it out, even if you're miserable. So um, obviously a lot of people look down about it, but it's in my head, I just wanted to be happy. I want him to be happy. I want us both to be living like our best lives, which at the time was not, it's not together. We've, um, it took us a long time, probably almost a year to get on the same page as everything and like, I don't know. It was mutual at first, and then it was a big mess. It's it's impossible for it not to be hard. I mean, a lot of feelings involved from both families and all of that, but um, have come a very long way, a very far away where we can be friends now, which that's all that matters for the kids. So, When you guys had your second child, what was the state of the relationship then? Um, so we were still kind of stressed out, but we were, you know, just living day by day. It was pretty much just doing the same thing every day, you know, and I think that's what got to me in the long run. Um, especially after, you know, I tried to voice it a few times. Like I said, I have no one to blame. It's just, um, just didn't work out. We grew apart the amount that he was at work and then the stress that we had when he came home from work with the kids and, you know, it was just so much. But we tried for a year for Delaney and then finally got pregnant with Delaney and they're like, COVID's here. <laughs> so um, that put a huge toll on our relationship as well. Just my anxiety levels out the roof. He didn't have it easy by any means. I mean, I was a lot to put up with at the time. But um, yeah, I don't know. We're on the same page with everything now, thankfully. So just takes a long time. <laughs> but Do you it, think you stayed in the relationship too long? Longer than you should have, or did it end at just a, the right time? Um, I'm not. I don't know. I think, I think it was just the whole thing was kind of unexpected. I never expected to get divorced, but after I had my daughter, and um, especially after I stopped drinking, because I think I was drinking my way through life a lot at that time, and it's awful. And I feel, I mean, no one deserves that, you know. But once I was honest about it and I just wanted to be happy, I want us both to be happy and it just wasn't working at the time with our new like, I don't know, mindsets. It just wasn't, it felt like I was talking, but no one was like receiving what I was saying. You know what I mean? So like I told him, I was like, in the long run, this is going to be the best. And um, it's hard and it hurts and lots of emotions, but. Uh, so you're 28. Yeah. I'm almost 28. Um Marriage is kind of falling out of favor. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are it's still a getting sad married. Generation. But I'm kind of on the fence about marriage. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends are on the fence about marriage and have sworn off marriage. Yes. With one of the reasons being, well, divorce is just so messy and so ugly. It's awful. And it's a long, drawn out, painful process. Mm -hmm. And it's also quite an expensive process. Yep. So, do you regret getting married? Um, Yes. Yes, I do. Um, it's not that I regret the experiences. Um, I just regret, like I said, I, I begged him. I would like wake up, send him pictures of the ring I wanted and just be like, please, like Christmas <laughs> is coming up, like all this stuff. Like we had a baby, we have to get married now. That's how it goes. Um, in my head, I had this timeline that now I'm just like, screw the timeline. Screw the timeline. I hate Amen. timelines. Like all my friends are stressing out about not having kids or a husband yet. I'm like, look at me. <laughs> like, look at what I just went through. Why are you freaking out? But um, yeah, it's no point in rushing anything. And like, when you have the right person, they're gonna do that stuff for you anyway. You know, you shouldn't have to beg for anything, which is obviously something I had to learn from. But I think... It should be easy for the most part in a relationship. I think um, that like that 
the labels, it's great. Like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. That's my boyfriend. But then as far as it comes as marriage, that's such a, I'm a wedding photographer, so I have to be careful how I talk. <laughs> but like, it's, it's just, I feel like, um, yeah, I think it takes a very long time to like actually learn who someone is, which is a little bit freaky. So I don't like recommend jumping into marriage, but I, I don't regret anything also because I do have two beautiful kids and that probably would have never happened or at least my second one if I didn't stay with him for a while, you know? So I try not to live with regret. <laughs> to try to like no, learn from it all, you know? I think a lot of the resistance is based in, well, I can still spend my life with the person of my dreams. I just don't need, we all call it the, the piece of paper yes. to signify it. Yeah. Now again, I, and there's, I know there's, there's tax break benefits as well. Um, but I think a lot of the pushback comes from that. Also, uh, you know, it's sad, I think in this, in this era of, uh, social media and such. Uh, sorry to say, there's probably a lot of people who get married because they want the photos. Oh, yeah. They want the photo of the the ring on the finger. Yeah. I mean, that's worth a lot of social capital on, yeah. on Instagram and such. And they want the wedding photos. Mm. Um, they want to have someone like you take them. They want the whole experience the whole of it all and feeling yeah. special. But I think a lot of people, as stupid as it sounds oh, yeah. to, to say, like, they want to get married because of that. Just they, they want the day. Yes. Yep. That's a big materialistic thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, no, let's bring back the promise ring, you know? That's yeah, fine. The promise we can do ring. that. That's cute enough. <laughs> can have an expensive promise ring. Yeah. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that, just, you know. And also, another thing I would say, a lot of pe people, I think, like, settle in relationships, mm. like, if they come from a bad relationship, like kind of like what I did in high school, and you you meet someone great, and you kind of think like, well, they're better than that last person was to me, like a lot better than they right. were. Um, this is great, and that's all you really know, and then you go off that, you know. But um, I would say just like keep your eyes out for those red flags in the beginning, and mm -hmm. those little things that bother you are going to really bother you when the time goes on. <laughs> so just be open and honest. Don't fake anything. You know, you have to just always be your genuine weird self. They're either gonna like it or they won't, and yeah, yeah, you I have to be able to be yourself. That's all there is to it. Yeah. yeah, I think we look past a lot of those red flags because oh, we yeah. are so concerned about. Well, my family wants me to get married. My mom certainly is pushing a, yeah. a grandchild on mm -hmm. me. She's like, "Get me a grandchild." <laughs> so she wants me to get into something yeah. quickly. I'm like, "Mom, I'm gonna set myself back years if I just settle to be yeah. with the wrong person." And also, you alluded to it earlier, the timeline. Yep. We have this timeline in our heads. You're 28, 28. Yeah. Uh, 30 years old is like, you need your shit figured out. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have kids and married and buy a home because buying a home is the world's greatest investment, so they say. Yeah. I think that's stupid. Yeah. Because that number yes. was set in a time, the 60s and 70s. Yep when we were living shorter lives mm -hmm. and after uh, World War II had just passed, when we were all like freaking out, like, oh my God, there's gonna be another mm -hmm. war. Let's adjust the timeline. Yeah, can right? 40 be the new 30? Like can yes. 38, can we start freaking out at 38 if mm -hmm. you don't have our shit figured out? Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. I think this generation, a lot of people are having babies later on and mm -hmm. they're like taking care of their life first, which is smart, you know, get yeah. your stuff together and if you can, um, and women are more in this generation, like more career driven absolutely. and have more opportunities to yes. actually make a meaningful career. Yes. I think in this generation, the women are like taking on a lot of the men jobs and taking on a lot of like dependency and like independency and, um, just, they don't, no one wants to chase a man anymore. You know what I mean? Damn so right. it's like, it's just, you can do it by ourselves. And if someone wants to join and make it better, that's great. But if not, 
bye-bye. <laughs> I can do it alone. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think it's great. I think things go in the good direction, but I think social media is good and bad. I'm trying not to be on it nearly as much. I think it puts a lot of unrealistic expectations in people's heads, especially like right when you wake up. It's not a good thing to just check your phone and see these people living yes. like wonderful lives. It's like, oh, look at me <laughs> looking out at the snow. This is great. But yeah. You've said several times, um, just be yourself, be your weird self. Yes. And that you used to hide that yes. weird self. So Rachel, who... What is your weird self? I don't know. I just self. say whatever I want. I have a lot of punny jokes. I'm quick. I think <laughs> really? I'm the funniest I'm person I know. One. Yes. Um, but like if you had to explain yourself, you know, and you, I don't know. I think of myself going out in public and I'm an easy person to talk to. I feel like I'm very personable. I try to give everyone the chance. I like to like look at everyone the same, no matter like how old, how rich, how poor, like you're a human, you know, and it's all about experience in the long run. So after everything I've been through in these last year or two, I've just learned to like be my authentic self because I've been in a couple of relationships where they look at me like I'm insane if I like do something. I'm just, I don't know. I just, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't know. You can probably just tell. <laughs> yeah, you're insane. Okay. Well, yeah. let's, let's just, I'm like, wow, I'm just, just blabbing on. Just stop. <laughs> uh, social media, you, you, I want to get back to that. Uh, what would you say your relationship with social media is like? Um, so now I literally just trying to do work. I got pretty caught up last year also when I wasn't drinking and modeling. Um, just a friend of mine did modeling and I'd go assist them on the beach with some other models. And then I started doing it after that. And the attention I got off the photos kind of crept up on mm. me and I got a little addicted to it at the time. Uh, yep. Um, and it was a slow season for me at work, so I was just kind of bored in my life. So I was like, yeah. But then I was kind of bringing the wrong attention. Um, and I had a lot of people, like, assume I was on OnlyFans and this stuff and all of that. And I was just like, okay, I can't be – I need to stop. So I took a step back. From, I'm still friends with him and all that. But um, it's okay to change. <laughs> like, And it's okay as long as you're aware about what you're doing and your mistakes and all of this. Like, it's okay. And if people can't understand that, then you don't need them in your life. It's that simple. So I'm aware that I when I posted quite a bit of those at the time, um, kind of regret a lot of them, but it's okay. Um, but it's just a growth journey, you know? So now, yes, I try not to um, post. I don't have the need to. I feel like I'm pretty content in my own life that I don't feel like I need to like show it off to everyone. Like as long as I'm happy, you know? Hey everyone, I just want to talk to you really quick before we get back to my conversation with Rachel. First of all, I want to thank all of you for making 2023 the best year in the three-year history of this podcast. It's so hard to believe that back in January was my first in-person episode of the show. And since then, we've traveled to Miami, New York City, my hometown, and Portsmouth. And in 2024, I want to make this show as big as it can possibly be. I'm going out to London next month, and then I also plan on flying out to Los Angeles, New York City, and more places to continue to give you the most inspiring, motivating, and entertaining conversations that can help you become the best possible version of yourself. It has come to my attention that many of you consuming this show are not currently subscribed to it on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Now, to help me get this show to where I know it can go, I just need you to do me one favor. Hit that follow button on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts. You may not realize it, but that minuscule act goes an incredibly long way toward making this show the best it can possibly become. Thank you so much. 
Now back to my conversation with Rachel. Why did you start a photography business? Why, when, how? My ex-husband bought me my first camera for Christmas because I took a photography class in high school that was like printing out the film, going in the black room. It was not the class I thought I was signing up for, but it was very cool to do. And I learned a lot in there. It was just super old fashioned and um, it was cool to learn film photography. But then after that, um, I always had like digital cameras. I was always taking pictures of everything with my phone. So, you know, my ex finally got me a camera for Christmas. It was like super basic Canon camera, easy to use. I took some pictures of my kids in the yard. I had some friends reach out. I took some pictures for them. And then it kind of snowballed effect. And I started to, you know, charge some money and I made it into an LLC and I made it my own little business. And then after that, um, I had two kids. So it was just very convenient to like make my own hours and uh, work from home for the most part. A few years went by, COVID happened. After COVID, it just kind of really blew up. I started doing weddings and then so many people had weddings to make up for from COVID. So it was just like a long stretch. <laughs> so, um, and all the people I meet at weddings, I would, it was word of mouth. I would meet people and they would just be like, hey, can you do my wedding or my friends or something like that? And now I just know this huge community <laughs> in the area and it's nice, but I love it. I cannot complain. And I'm, it makes me like so thankful that I found my passion at such a young age because I think it's so important to like what you do. I think my, you know, my mom's had a job for almost 30 years that she's finally retiring this year and it's been in an office at a desk and she just miserable every day, like absolutely hates it. Um, and that's just not a way you should live your life at all. Like between commuting and the stress that her job caused her, it's just not healthy. So I'm like always like, what do you do for work? Do you like it? It pays the bills. That's not the right answer. <laughs> yeah, but like, that my parents feel the same way. That, that whole generation kind of mm -hmm. feels, you're not supposed to like your job. If it pays the bills and puts a roof over your head, you're good. Yeah, no. I'm like, I want to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I want to like what I'm doing. Yes, exactly. And feel like I'm making the world better yeah, place exactly. important. Yes. I don't want to just be another person at a desk. <laughs> Did you think that you had found a passion at all before photography? No, because I was just doing like three waitressing jobs or bartending at the time. Um, and that was not something I'm not a night person. Like I said, I'm a grandma. So I yeah. was struggling. It was like 10 <laughs> o'clock. I'm like, can I please go home? <laughs> you just started your shift. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was not good. So I mean, I did it for a while before I had kids and I still had more energy in the nighttime and I would bank as much money as I could. But then, you know, kids come around and that money goes down the drain. So um, yeah, it was good money. I don't think I found anything near my passion beforehand. Once I did photography, I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. I want to be my own boss. Um, I like to not have to have to work with people. I could choose my clients I worked with that mm -hmm. they seem like they were going to be mean or something. I'd be like, I'm just, you know, um, but it's um, definitely a blessing to find that. And I upgraded my camera as time went on sold my old camera, photography friends, my new friends, just, it was just, it was amazing. It brought me to this whole new community and yeah. Why is it your passion? Um, because I like to capture moments for people. I've had a lot of sessions where, um, well, I've had probably a handful of them where a family member or an animal has passed away and they send me this message and it makes me cry. It's so cute. Just like how meaningful the pictures are to them and little moments like that make it all worth it. Like, all of it. And I can't really say I haven't had any bad experience with people. Like that's the best part because like with waitressing, I almost every day oh, yeah. there'd be people coming in and I'm like, are you coming here to make my life miserable? So yeah, it's nice. 
everyone's happy, take, you know, for the most part, besides family stress, but that's normal, <laughs> taking pictures. So yeah. you do weddings, kind of big family moments, yeah. it, like, engagement pictures, all yes. that kind of stuff? So I try to, I try to do mostly weddings um, and engagements. That's like my priority. But um, I also, lifestyle, I do the newborns and all of that, the families, maternity, the whole life, you know? <laughs> so All the good moments. Yeah, it's just I try not to be posed. I like people to, like, you know, tickle each other or run and, you know, interact with each other naturally. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. There might be some people listening to this who would say, well, why do I need a professional photographer? Our phones are so good. I can just have my friend do it for free, and they won't be as good as a professional photographer, but they'll be pretty good. Yeah, well, I was that person once, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think once you become a photographer and you see the different qualities, especially if you're going to like print out a photo or anything like that, it's it's not nearly the same. <laughs> But, and also the editing, like I go through Lightroom and I do editing, not too much. I still try to keep it natural, but yeah, it makes a huge difference. I mean, whatever you want to do, but you can definitely tell the difference okay. <laughs> in the long run, I feel like. Okay. So I have a friend. Mm -hmm. I told her that I was speaking to a photographer today. Mm -hmm. She also loves photography. Mm -hmm. She wants to turn it more from passion into a business like you have now. She is not so much a lifestyle photographer, but more so a, a landscape and a things out in the world kind of person. Yep. Do you have any advice for her on how she could start a photography business around those kinds of photos? Maybe make a calendar if they're not involving people. You know, you could create calendars and try to sell that to local families mm. um, or give them to your families at first and then, you know, put your little trademark at the bottom and it will grow. Yeah, I just started out with my friends. I'm not sure about the landscape though. I think I would just go like out to the mountains, Conway, go get like the pretty views, um, get a nice wide lens so you can capture everything. And yeah. She does a lot of uh, like film photos, like the the old timers. Oh, really? Yeah, she gets the film photos, not the DSLR. So let's go get them developed. Oh. And she just went to Puerto Rico and that's interesting. A, a whole like so, rolls of photos. It's a whole expensive process. Yes, yeah, so I would. I mean, because there's ways to get that digital, and she could make a page about it. You know what I mean? And um, I would make a Instagram page and put it out there, and people are gonna see that it's unique. You know, people like unique, so. That's the thing with photography. Everyone has such a different style. So it's not really, it shouldn't ever be competition because it is just such different art and style. So I love that she does film. That's really cool. When you're doing your shoots, let's say you're with a couple who has just gotten engaged. What are the elements behind making a, a good photo? Like what are you trying, when you're setting up the shot, what are you trying to do to make it look good? I try to make them laugh. I make them comfortable. I try to have them get comfortable with each other. Um, make sure they're in a good spot where the sun's right behind them and they're not blind in their eyes. But, um, I, you know, I'll usually just be like, like whisper in her ear something or touch noses or, you know, kiss her neck and tickle her or do something <laughs> like that. Or I'll have them like bump hips while they walk. Just, I'm like, it just makes you laugh. That's mm. all. It's not going to work, but it makes you laugh. So that's what it's funny. So I always have weird, like, I don't do poses, but when I do, it's just stuff to get them like laughing and stuff. Yeah. But do you have to, because uh, I imagine some of the men probably get dragged to these photo shoots and don't want to be there. Yes. How do you deal with them? Um, I appreciate it if they don't whine the entire time. It happens sometimes. <laughs> but at the end, I'm just like, thank you for being cooperative most of the time, just silent. But I've had a handful of that 
enjoy it, which is nice. It's a nice change. But yeah, no, most dads don't, you know, or boyfriends or fiancés don't want to do it. But it shows that you love your girlfriend or wife. So yeah, it's the little things for them you have to do, you know, just suck it up. It's okay. And you know, I have so many dads come back and like, um, show me pictures that mean so much to them that they didn't know they even wanted. But you know, uh, you're a very busy person. So ask you a couple more questions. Yep. And then we'll get out of here. You got to okay. get back to your children. <laughs> what is it like being I mean, now you're a single mom. Yep. So how hard has that been since you've been a single mom. Um, it was a big change, but it's very rewarding. Um, it's been a long journey. I can say my mom has helped tremendously. I would be so screwed if it wasn't. <laughs> like when they say it takes a village, it, you need at least like someone to help. It just else. takes a mom. It Always is. Takes it takes a mom. a mom. And you know, I feel really <laughs> bad when people don't have that support and help because it's a lot. <laughs> Parenting is not for the week. So I do what I can with my time. I'm trying to do my best like every day. That's why I'm trying to grow. Um, I want them to look up to me and be proud. I want to make them feel good about themselves. I don't know. I'm just trying to, my mom was a very good mom. She was, um, went to every field trip with us and she, she worked full time every day, but she would come home and still like ride four wheelers in the yard with us and just do, you could just, I remember these things. So it's like, I want to be that mom for them. I want to be out there every day and like having fun. And I know it's hard right now, but I know like these memories are everything to them. So that's why I get what I need done. Like either really early. It's never really late. I never <laughs> stay up late. <laughs> it's always early, but yeah. But yeah. Um, learning to appreciate, you know, me time because it is a lot with them, but um, they're great. It's uh, definitely not easy, but it's nice. My career makes it easier, I think. So, What values are you trying to instill in them early on? Um, values. I want them to like appreciate the little things, you know? I want them to learn how to react to certain situations, be nice to everyone, um, treat everyone the same, understand that sometimes the mean people are mean for a reason, you know what I mean? Like... People have things going on at home that he he comes home some days and he's like, oh, this boy wasn't nice to me. And I'm like, some boys don't have good homes to go home to. And it's sad, you know, so you have to still be nice to them. <laughs> you have to. That's a hard thing in life, but you have to be nice to the mean people for the most part. Like something you have to learn. Being mean to mean people does nothing. <laughs> so besides cause more anger. So to be polite, you know, I want him to look after his sister, which he already does. I want him, um, I want them both to just honestly stay the way they're being, they're such sweethearts. I want them to just stay on the track that they're on right now. What's the dynamic with the other parents? Like maybe if your kids uh, pick up from school, sports, whatever, because I've always wondered, I look back at the parents of my friends and whatnot. Yeah. There are parents that were like 20 years older, 20 yeah. years younger. You're a, a mom on the younger side, a mm -hmm. single mom. What is it like being around other parents? Like, and like, I don't know, what's all that like? Um, you know, I, <laughs> most of the parents I hang out with are my friends. I like get together with my own friends. Nice. I don't have um, friends from his school yet, but it's his first few months there. So maybe I will soon. We'll see. <laughs> um, everyone's super nice though. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I can get along with pretty much anyone. So it's not. <laughs> Not well, hard. you've uh, come a long way because yes. apparently it didn't used to. No, not at all. <laughs> no, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, thank you, Rachel, for being here. Go follow her on Instagram and subscribe to this podcast, too. That'd be <laughs> great. Uh, and I will see you uh, at a workout soon. Yes. Sounds good. Thank you for having me.